You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning. On behalf of the whole Kensington community, I want to welcome you. We're so glad you've chosen to join us this morning, whether you're here in person or with us online. I'm Ryan Morrill, the Kensington Kids Director at the Orient Campus, and I want to invite you to two upcoming opportunities that I'm pretty excited about. The first is tonight, and no, it's not too late to join. We're hosting another free online faith and family event to encourage parents, specifically parents of boys. So join us at 8.30 p.m. tonight for Raising Godly Boys. I will be hosting a panel of experts that include author Mike McCormick and his wife, Christy, author and nurse practitioner, Dr. Jen Salerno, as well as Devanyu and Liz Banks. Devanyu serves on our elder board. Let's lean in together on how to help our boys grow into godly men of character, integrity, and confidence. Go to kensingtonchurch.org slash faith and family to register for this free event. The second is next weekend service. Football Sunday! At Kensington, the sports references come naturally, maybe because there are a lot of diehard Lions fans out there. Raise your hands. Hmm. Mm-mm. During the big game weekend, we pause from a typical series to celebrate amazing stories from different players in the NFL. Instead of doing our own teaching, we show an incredible high-impact video hosted by coach Tony Dungy and former NFL player Benjamin Watson. We will also hear from players from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's a little bit of what next weekend will look like. This is Sam Macho. This is Carson Wentz. Brandon Cooks. And I'm excited to share my story. Share my story during Football Sunday. Football Sunday 2021. This year has been unlike any other year for all of us. For all of us. But in the middle of the uncertainty, there's a unique opportunity for us all to experience the faithfulness of God. Because when the ground is shifting and the world is rumbling, God is always inviting us into something that cannot and will not ever be moved. Football Sunday 2021. Release hope. Unlock potential. Be unshaken. This is the perfect service to invite someone to, especially that sports fan who has been a little reluctant about church. Okay. So let's head back to our service now. We're in the fifth and final week of The Last Arrow. It's been a really powerful series to focus on as we start the new year. I've been mulling over this idea that we can save, hoard, hide, or we can give all that we have and live every second. Let's live that way, shall we? Today's service is titled The Release. So let's discover together what that means for our lives. Thank you for joining us.
Hey, good morning, everybody. You guys can all take a seat. How's everybody doing today? Awesome, fantastic. So glad that you all are here and grateful that you actually made it here safely with all the snow that's happening outside. And for those of you who are joining us via stream, wherever you are, grateful that you're with us as well. And if you're watching from somewhere warm like Florida, I'm actually pretty jealous of you today because it's like 20 degrees and snowing in the metro Detroit area. But nevertheless, I'm so thankful that wherever we are, that we can be connected in this way, really through the gift of technology. And I love that song that Lachelle just led us in so beautifully because it really speaks to the power of the forgiveness of God, that it's like sweet, sweet honey on our lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to our ears. And it's like holy water on our skin. And that last line is a reference to baptism. And last Saturday, there were actually 41 people from our Kensington community, eight right here from our Troy community, who chose to be baptized. And it was an amazing, yeah, you can clap for that. And it was an amazing day. And the youngest person was nine years old and the oldest person was 78 years old and we had everyone in between. And so we actually made a video that we're gonna be watching later on so that we as a community can really celebrate these moments and what God has been doing in the context of our community. But something that baptism celebrates is the recognition of people that they are known and loved by God. And that's our heart for every single person in this community because that's God's heart for every person in this community, that we would be known, that we would know that he sees us, that he knows us, and that he loves us. And so right now, what we're gonna do is Audrey's gonna lead us in a song that really speaks powerfully to this. And so let's enter into this moment together and take this song in.
That last line I've been thinking about all week, that I am fully known and loved by you. And that's not just for me, but for every single person, for you, for you, for you, for all of us. We are all fully known and loved by him. And I was thinking, imagine if we actually truly believe this at the very core of who we are, how our lives would be different, that we would know that we don't have to hide parts of who we are from God. We don't have to pretend to be someone that we're not because he knows all of it. He knows not only our beauty, but also our brokenness as well. All the people that we've hurt, all the mistakes that we've made, he sees it all. And yet still his response to us is, I love you. And if we fully embrace this truth, I believe that it would set us free because we'd no longer be weighed down. We'd no longer be held back by fear and doubt or guilt or shame but we would be set free to step into and move towards the future that God has for us. And so today we're in the final week of our series, The Last Arrow, and this is what we're gonna be talking about, how we can move towards this future in a greater way. And so would you join me in prayer? And so Lord, we thank you. We thank you that this is your heart towards us, that you know us completely. All our skills, all of our talents, all the incredible things about who you've created us to be, but at the same time, you also know our shortcomings as well and the difficulties and the challenges that we have, Lord. And yet you love us so deeply, so deeply and so much that you sent your son to die for us. And so we thank you for that, that we are fully known, that we are fully accepted, that we are fully loved by you, Lord. And I pray that for every single one of us here or watching on stream, that we would have a greater understanding, a greater knowledge of this today. And so we thank you and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Something that we've all experienced, probably every single one of us here, including myself, is that we have probably all experienced FOMO. And if you don't know what FOMO is, it's the fear of missing out. And it's when we experience an anxiety over the idea that other people are having fulfilling and fun and amazing experiences and we're not. And studies have shown that more than half of the people, the majority of the people on social media actually experience FOMO. They struggle with it. And it's not surprising because when all of your friends, it seems like, are posting pictures about how great their Florida vacation was, or it seems like everyone is talking about the latest and greatest series on Netflix. It's so easy to feel like we're, we're being left out or we're missing out. And I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was working for a humanitarian organization down in East Texas. And a lot of my friends at the time, they were sort of experimenting and doing creative things with their hair. And that they were getting these crazy haircuts, dyeing their hair, all of these different colors. 
And up to that point in my life, I had basically had the same haircut for all of those years. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to do something different. And not to mention, I didn't want to be left out and I didn't want to miss out on what was going on and on the conversations and all the fun. And so I decided to go big. And I decided to go blonde. Because we all know that blondes have more fun. But the guy who tried to dye my hair, and I say tried because that's what it was, he didn't do a good, he didn't do a proper job. And so I remember when he put the dye in my hair and did all the foil and all that kind of stuff that's involved, my scalp started burning. And so I was like, is this right? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, don't worry. It's like, it's like beauty is painful. So I was like, okay, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do this. And so half an hour turned into an hour, which turned into an hour and a half, which turned into two hours. And at the two hour mark, I was like, I was in so much pain that I told him, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't make it for however many hours you want, you want me to be here. And so he washed my hair out and he blow dried it. And when I looked in the mirror, this is what I look like. Right there. Right? And I know some of you are thinking this. Yes, I did look like a lion. And my hair actually grew out even more. And so it looked even crazier. But take a look at that picture because that is the dark side of FOMO. Right? That's what happens, right? And every single one of us have done crazy things. We've pushed ourselves to watch this series. We've taken this vacation. We've done, we've bought this, something that we didn't need because we did not want to be left out. We did not want to miss out. And we have FOMO about so many things in our lives. But oftentimes, the thing that we should have it in, the one area that we should have it in, we don't. And that's in what God is doing in the world around us. Because every single day, God does extraordinary things in the lives of the people around us. And he invites us to join him, to be a part of it. And so often our response is, yeah, you know what, God, I think I'm good over here. Maybe I'll go dye my hair. But God is looking for people, people who don't want to miss any opportunity he throws their way. He's looking for people who have a desperate desire to join him where he is and be a part of shifting the course of human history. People who want to be a part of creating a new and more beautiful world, regardless of the cost, the risk, or the uncertainty. And the question that I was thinking about this week was what if we as a community, what if we had more FOMO when it comes to what God is inviting us into every single what if our attitude, what if our perspective is, God, I refuse to miss out on what you're doing. I refuse to be left out. What you're doing and where you are is exactly where I want to be as well. And when we look at the scriptures, there was a man by the name of Peter who had this perspective, who had this attitude, and he was one of Jesus's closest disciples. And as a result, and we're, and we're going to be looking at a story that's found in the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament. As a result of this attitude, he was able to experience something truly incredible in his life. And so we're going to be jumping into the story that we're going to be focusing on today. And this is what Matthew writes. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And just to give us a little bit of context as to what was going on, the reason why Jesus had to dismiss the crowd was because he had just finished feeding with five loaves and two fish. He had just finished feeding what scholars believe to be more than 20,000 people. And so everyone had eaten, everyone was full. They had picked up all the leftovers and now they were doing crowd control. And they were saying, hey, you know what, guys? There's nothing more to do here. There's nothing more to see here. Go home. And while they were doing this, Jesus turned to his 12 disciples and said, hey, you know what that boat over there? 
because they were right by the Sea of Galilee. I want you guys to get in that boat and start rowing to the other side. Don't worry about me because I am going to catch up. And so that's what the disciples did. But yet, this is what Jesus did while he was alone. He says that after he, meaning Jesus, had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And so these disciples are moving towards the other side of the sea. But they ran into a storm and that the wind picked up and the waves were crashing against the side of the boat. And several of Jesus' disciples, they were experienced fishermen. But even them, I can imagine, they were feeling some anxiety. And those guys who had no experience on the water, I can imagine and we can imagine that they were probably scared to death, wondering, am I going to make it? Are we going to make it? So every single one of them, to one degree or another, they're feeling on edge. And then this is what they saw. Shortly before dawn, Matthew tells us, and we're talking about 3 a.m., 4 a.m. at this point, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, which of course Jesus didn't have a boat, so the natural thing to do is why not go walk on water? And so when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, which is a natural human response. And it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And this is where Peter comes in. Because Peter, he wanted to know, is this actually Jesus? And so he asked Jesus to do something that only Jesus could allow him to do. And he says to him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And this is an incredible verse to me. Come, Jesus said. And then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on water and he came toward Jesus. No small thing. And can you imagine how the other disciples must have been feeling? What they must have been thinking when Peter did this? Remember, they're in a relatively small boat in the middle of a storm. They couldn't go back to land because they were too far away. And then one of, their, one, of, one of the guys in the group, Peter, he actually goes to the side of the boat and he puts one of his legs over the side in order to enter into the water. And the fact that none of the other disciples actually even tried to do this tells us that they probably thought that it wasn't a good idea. Right? But yet Peter does this. And I can imagine those other 11 guys in the boat with him, they probably, some of them probably gave him the, what are you doing look. And probably some of them even said to him, are you crazy, Peter? Like, what are you doing? Do you not see that we're in a storm? And the fact is, is that are you sure that Jesus actually told you to do this? Because remember, he's the son of God and you're not. And so just because he can do it doesn't mean that you can. And the amazing thing about this story is that what we see that Peter did was that he did two things that were so powerful, two steps he took that really formed his life. And the first is, is that Peter got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. He didn't stay there like the other 11, but he got out. And what I believe is, is that the other 11 disciples, they could have done the same thing. And then this story wouldn't have been about how Peter walked on water, but rather about how Peter, James, and John, Andrew, who we all know is the greatest disciple simply because he had the greatest name, right? Bartholomew, Thomas, Judas, and the rest of them. It would have been a story about how all the disciples walked on water. But it's not. Because only Peter got out of the boat while the rest stayed behind. 
And so it made me wonder, I wonder how many people God has used throughout history to shape history, not because they were the most skilled, not because they were the most talented, but just simply because they were available, willing, and determined. Because they were willing to get out of the boat when other people weren't. And there's a pastor out in Southern California named Erwin McManus. And he actually wrote a book several years ago called The Last Arrow, which this series is based off of. And in his book, he wrote something that I thought was so insightful. And he says that when you stay where you are, you will stay who you are. Because the reality is, is that for every single one of us, we want to experience change in some area of our life. And that's the reason why we make New Year's resolutions. And maybe for some of us, we want to be people this year who live with greater courage. Maybe we want to be people of greater compassion or generosity or love. Maybe towards those people who have deeply wounded and hurt us, we want to be able to release bitterness and extend forgiveness. But whatever it is, the reality is if we want to be someone else, we have to be willing to allow God to take us somewhere else. Because we will never be that person. We will never live that life if we just simply remain where we are. We have to get out. And a passion that I have, a dream that I have, is for the Asian American community. And that my dream is that Asian Americans would fully embrace, that we would fully embrace our God-given identity. Because something that I have found, not only about Asian Americans, but of course, including myself, as an Asian American, is that for so many of us, we view our God-given identity, our Asian Americanness, if you will, as an obstacle to be overcome rather than a gift to be embraced. And it's largely because of the messages that we have received over and over again throughout our lives that said that this part of who we are is just simply not acceptable. Let me give you an example. Almost every Asian American kid in this country has had the experience of bringing their ethnic food to school for lunch, opening it up, and having someone inevitably say, ew, that's gross, that's disgusting. And one of the first times I had this happen to me was when I was a kid in elementary school. And I remember I brought something called kimbap to school for lunch. And it's a Korean dish, and it's right there, and it's wrapped in seaweed on the outside. There's rice, there's vegetables, there's meat in it. And I remember I brought this to school and I was eating it and some kid came alongside of me and pointed at it and said, what's that? That looks disgusting. And you know what? The first time somebody says that, you can probably just brush it off and say, you know what? what? Maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe they're just not a nice person. Maybe they're just simply ignorant or naive and you can brush it off. But when it happens over and over and over again, that's something that's different. Because what food is, is food is so closely connected with identity and culture. And when somebody says, that's disgusting, that's gross, it's not hard to begin to connect the dots and start thinking, maybe it's just not my food that's disgusting. Maybe that that part of who I am is disgusting as well. And so every single one of us, none of us want to open ourselves up to hurt, to criticism, to rejection, And so what happens is, is that when we're told that a part of us is disgusting and gross, what do we do? We hide it away. We suppress it. And it's only in certain environments with certain people that we actually feel safe in that we will open ourselves up and say, this is who I am. And so my dream is, is that for Asian Americans that we would fully embrace who we are. And that part of who we are, 
that we would recognize is something that is truly beautiful, not broken about us. And that in the spaces and amongst the people that God has strategically and intentionally placed us, that we would bring all of who we are to the table. Because this is what happens. When we bring all of who we are to the table, it's not just Asian Americans who win, but every single person wins because it creates greater beauty in this world. And we move in a greater way towards the future and towards the world that God has created for us. And so over the past several months, I've been thinking of a lot of different initiatives, a lot of different dreams as to what can happen. And some of them have already started in motion and many of them are in the planning stages. But when I actually began this journey, not too long ago, I had so many fears and I had so many doubts. And I had thoughts in my mind that said to me, you know what, who are you to do this? You've never done anything like this. You don't even know anything about this. You're not even connected really to anybody who is doing this type of work. You can't do it. But I'm also grateful that there was another thought that went through my mind and I attribute it to the voice of God that said to me, get out of the boat, get out of the boat, get out of the boat and start moving. And don't just simply stay where, you're, where it's familiar, where it's comfortable, but start moving. And in the short time that I've been on this journey, there absolutely has been pushback. There absolutely has been resistance. Some of it being very personal, being very, very hurtful. And I expect there to be more. But also, God has also provided me with incredible people to come alongside of me. Partnerships that I never even thought would have been possible six months ago. And I believe it's God communicating to me, you are not alone. As you step out, I will be with you every step of the way. And God provides so many moments in our life for us to step out of the boat. And when we actually do, you know what? It's natural to be afraid. It's natural to have doubts because you know what the boat represents? It represents what is comfortable, what is familiar, what is secure, and what is controlled. And of course, when we step out of our comfort zone, we're going to be afraid and we're going to have doubts. It's just natural. But courage, what courage is, is it it's the ability to press through our fears and not allow our fears and our doubts to paralyze us and prevent us from moving forward into the future that God has for us. Because when we take that step and when we take those steps forward, like I said, it's not just we who win, but it's also the people around us. And so this is the question, one of the questions that I want to ask all of us today is that in what area of your life is God asking you to get out of the boat? What is it for you? And we're going to go back to the story in a moment and to see the second step that Peter actually took, which was so important. But what we want to do at this time is we also want to receive our offering. And something that I was reminded of this past week was that in the three years that I've been here, that God has challenged so many of us, including myself, to step out of the boat in terms of our resources. It could be time, it could be our talents, it could be our finances, whatever it may be. And something that I've been so grateful and so impressed by is that so many people in this community have said yes to that. And it has allowed us to move forward to accomplishing our God-given purpose. And so, but in regards to giving, so, and I want, so one of the things I want to say is thank you. And so in regards to giving today, if you would like to give, there are several ways that you can give and they're gonna be coming up on the side screens. And the first is by texting the word Kensington to 77977. 
You can also give via our app as well as our website. And what I would say about our app is we've said this before, is that if you have not downloaded it, I encourage you to do so because everything that is Kensington can be found on that app. You can also mail in a check to our physical location here at 1825 East Square Lake Road. Or for those of us who are here in the room, at every entrance and exit, there is a bucket with an orange top on it. And you can also place your offering in there. But thank you so much for your generosity and your open-handedness. And so going back to the story, what we see is that the first step that Peter took was that he got out of the boat. But the second step was equally as important in that he let go of the boat. Because remember, he's in this boat, they're in the middle of a a big lake, the Sea of Galilee, and there's a storm that's raging all around them. And I can't imagine that how Peter got out of the boat was he probably didn't get a running start and do a cannonball over the side. But rather, what he did, what he he probably did, was that he probably held on to the side, took a step out, and was thinking, is this going to work out for me? Right? And then when he got firm footing on that first foot, he probably reached over with his other foot and he probably, probably entered into the water. But the whole time, I can imagine that this guy is probably holding on to the side of the boat with a death grip because that was his safety net just in case things didn't work out. But this was the thing. There was a time where Peter, against all reason, against all logic, if he wanted to move towards Jesus, he had to let go. He had to let go of the boat. And he did. And he refused to allow other people's expectations, other people's judgments, even his own fear and doubt from moving into what God had for him in a greater way. And when some people read this story, they think, oh, you know what Peter had? Peter had blind faith. That's how he was able to do this. But honestly, I don't think it was blind by any means. Because Peter, the whole time, I believe that he was focused on Jesus. That he was focused on Jesus. His eyes were fixed on him because he understood that both the journey and the destination were the same. That it was Jesus. And my son, Isaiah, he's seven years old. And two years ago, he finally learned how to ride a two-wheel bike. And because, and I say finally, because for an entire year before that, we were trying to convince him, hey, buddy, give it a shot, right? He was on for about two years before that, he was riding with uh, training wheels on. And so when he turned four, we started really trying to encourage him, hey, you know what? You can have more fun. You can ride faster. We'll even let you do tricks if you give up these training wheels. And just look at your sister and how much fun she's having. But every single time he was like, "Mm mm-mm, not going to happen. No way. Don't even ask me about it. And he had this death grip on his training wheels. And finally, when he turned five, he started entertaining the idea. And one day he said to us, okay, I'll give it a shot. And so I quickly took off his training wheels before he could change his mind. And I put his bike into our car and we drove here, just outside here to the West parking lot. And there were no cars there that day. And so I said, all right, buddy, give it a shot. And on his third try, he was gone. And he was riding all over the parking lot and he was riding as fast as he could. And he finally comes back to me and he says to me, Dad, you were right. It is so much fun and I can ride so much faster. But this was the thing, that in order for him to experience this new freedom and this new joy, he had to first let go. He had to let go of that safety net. He had to let go of those training wheels. And it's the same thing for us. That if we want to experience 
greater freedom, greater joy, greater peace, greater love. If we want to experience more of the life that Jesus has for us, we have to be willing to let go of the boat, to let go of that safety net. And in the last portion of the passage, we're going to be looking at it right now. But what Peter does is that he gets out of the boat and he lets go. But the last portion of the passage is important for us not to miss as well because something very important happened. It says, but when he saw the wind, meaning when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is what's so important for us to see in those words is that when we let go of the boat and we start moving towards Jesus, it doesn't mean that our lives are going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that things are going to go easy, that things are going, everything is going to go according to plan, that our life is going to be pain-free or problem-free. That is not what following Jesus involves. And if someone has told you that, I'm sorry, but they were lying. Because the reality is, is that following Jesus is probably the most difficult thing that we could ever do with our life. But yet it is the most exhilarating and it is by far what I believe to be the most rewarding. But there will be problems, there will be obstacles, there will be pain, and there will be heartbreak. And when we let go of the boat and, saying, and say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm all in. I am going to pursue you in this way. There will be times when we feel like we're sinking, just like Peter did. But this is also the reality as well, what Jesus promises us over and over and over again in the scriptures. He tells us that when you follow after me, you will never, ever be alone. I will be right by your side every step of the way. And so when we find ourselves sinking, what we can know is that when we reach up, there will be a hand there to grab onto and will pull us up. That is the great news that when we, sure, it's scary, that when we get out of the boat and when we let go of the boat, but at the same time, we also have to understand that the God of the universe will be with us as well. And as I mentioned, last Saturday, 41 people in this community, including eight people right here from Troy, they were baptized and they made this decision. They made this decision to move towards Jesus in this way. They made the decision to get out of the boat. And like I said, it was such a powerful day. And what we have to understand about baptism is, is that baptism, when someone is immersed in the water, there's nothing magical that happens in the water. But really, and baptism doesn't make you a Jesus follower, but rather it's symbolic. It's a declaration that we already are one. And because when somebody is immersed in the water, it's symbolic of the fact that their old life, before they came to know Jesus, has been buried in the ground, is dead. And when they come up out of the water, it's symbolic of the fact that, symbolic of the new life that they have in Jesus. And so last week, I had the privilege of uh, baptizing a new friend of mine named Yvette. And so Yvette, I'd love for you to come up and join me on stage. And so grab a mic and just come on up. And something that was so cool about it, yeah, we can give, definitely give her a hand. And while we were in the water together, right before uh, I was able to baptize her, she told me a part of her story, which I thought was so powerful and really impacted me. And so I called her, I called you this week and I asked her, hey, Kim, would you be willing to share part of your story with us? And so thankfully she said yes. So thanks so much for being here, Yvette. Can we give her another hand? Awesome. 
Hey, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so something that I was just really intrigued by and something that so interested me about you is your background, not only in terms of your family background, but also your faith background. And so I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about that. Yeah. um, Interestingly enough, uh, my mother, I'm of Filipino descent, and my mother was adopted by a Jewish-American family. So I was raised conservatively Jewish. You know, I went to shul, I went to temple, bagels on Sunday, uh, that type of thing, and make a long story longer. (laughs) Um, Through, as I journeyed through my faith, I just felt as much as I identified and appreciated the culture, uh, I just, there was just something missing. There was just something within me that just, it just didn't feel aligned. Uh, So as I I was navigating all of that, whether through self-help books or this or that, I'm like, ah, you know. Uh, Finally, you know, I heard of Kensington Church. I'm like, oh, what's that all about? So it's interesting because when I first came here, what I walked in, I literally had to stop. I looked around and then I literally walked out and made sure that I was like in the right place because I I had to come out and I look, I'm like, okay, I'm a little directionally challenged. Is this the right place? Because when I first came in and and I had, apparently I had expectations. I didn't realize I had expectations until something just feels out of whack and then you realize you do have expectations. So I go in and I realize, oh my gosh, this is like a community center that happens to be a church. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm gonna lean into this because this resonated with me. It's That's so cool. And so you were telling me about how you met Jesus here and it was, a, so it was a gradual journey and you were introduced to Jesus. And so you made the decision last week to be baptized. And so I'm gonna ask you why in a moment, but something that really touched me was that so many of us uh, in this community, so many people in this world have experienced so much loss this year. And you're no different. And, but what you did in the water last week is that you really honored your mom. And so I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, I know that this year has been very challenging, I think, for each and every one of us in many capacities. And I lost my mom and my papa uh, due to COVID. Interestingly enough, uh, I just had a conversation with my aunt who was executor. Um, and just, just so that people know, you know, with, especially with the first round of COVID, no one was allowed in the hospitals. You couldn't see family. You couldn't, I mean, it's like I had to say goodbye to my mom. Thank goodness. I mean, at least the ER doc, I was able to like see her over FaceTime, which is suboptimal, let's just say that to say the least. So when I had this conversation with my aunt, on, Friday, on just this last Friday, um, before my mom went on ventilator, my aunt told me that she said the Lord's Prayer and that she received and accepted Jesus as her Savior. And I just learned this on a Friday. I'm like, oh my gosh. So coming back to my journey and my decision to, um, uh, to be baptized, you know, it was something that I'd never took lightly, not that, it, not that I, I think anyone would, but again, you know, I had so many questions and um, w- with my journey, the best way to describe at least my decision uh, for 
to choose to be baptized is really, really boiled down to like the three C's for yeah. me is um, the celebration, the commitment, and the choice. So as much as I can appreciate it, it's a certainly a public declaration. For me, at least, it was certainly a very, very personal uh, declaration between me and God. And that although I went to uh, baptism um, by myself, I did not feel alone. Mm -hmm. um, I wore this ring because this was uh, my mom's wedding band that was really the last thing that she had on her, even in the hospital. So when I wore it and was baptized, I definitely felt that she was with me. Yeah, that's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because like literally, like your decision to be baptized is that you said, I'm getting out of the boat. And it was that commitment that you're talking about. And I am literally going to get into the water. And that's what it was for you. And it was such a powerful thing, especially like when I was just standing there with you and you're just sharing, this is the loss that I've experienced. But yet I know that my mom is with Jesus. And this celebration of not only her life, but also your commitment and this commitment that you made of saying, Jesus, I'm not going to stay where I'm comfortable, where I'm familiar, where I'm secure, but I'm getting out and I'm joining you. And I thought that was so extraordinary. So thank you so much. Can I just share yeah, one more thing? Yeah. I mean, I'm just riding coattails on this, on the wonderful message that you shared about, you know, getting out of the boat and how, you know, following Christ is not easy. Well, from my personal experience, I got to tell you, Without following, it's a whole lot harder. Hmm. It's a whole lot harder. So I am grateful. I don't know what I would do without my faith trying to navigate these things. So I am eternally grateful. Hmm. I'm so thankful for your story. I'm thankful that you're part of this community. And thank you for sharing your story. You. Can we give Yvette a hand? Awesome. Thank you. And so typically what we would have done is that the baptisms would have been a part of our service. But of course, because of everything that's going on in our world, we weren't able to do so. And so what we did was that we actually created a video that we're going to be watching in a moment so that we as a community, could, we could truly celebrate what God is doing, has been doing, and is doing in the lives of our people. Because that's what baptism is. It really is a public declaration. Right, and that we as the community of God are meant to see it and to celebrate together. And so we're going to be watching the video in a moment. And as we do, and right before we get into that, Leah is going to lead us in a thought, in a musical thought, to really move us into this moment. And so let's take this in together.
video to anyone who cares to know that I've got a Lord and Savior that looks after me. It's a journey, um, you know, and you continue. We mess it up, we make mistakes, but we continue to seek Him. Baptism for me was just an extension of that. I struggle with depression, suicidal thoughts, and self-harm, and I felt like I had to have all that cleared out before I got baptized, and it's just been on my heart lately, like, a lot, so I realized that I don't have to have that all figured out, that God will be with me every step of the way. for Christ. 
Christ, it just carried me through. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And, you know, I just really wanted to show my faith today and show my love for Christ and, and outwardly. And just, it's been a miracle what's happened in our lives this year. I was driving home from work and I just felt like the spirit of Jesus just entered into me. I just felt it. It took my breath away so much so that I pulled over on the side of 696 and just thanked the Lord and, and just cried. And um, I knew then that I had been saved at that very, very moment. And it was just an inspiration to me. And um, that's, that's why I'm here. I kind of felt like I had been just going steady with God and it was time to just really make that commitment so that just like any other marriage that you would have, you don't take things for granted. You do it all in, you do it from the heart, you forgive, you accept, and it was just time to make that 100% all in. surrendered was like that declaration, that public declaration that I wanted to say that I'm baptized, that I'm following Jesus for the rest of my life. When I look at that video, I'm just reminded of the fact that every single one of those people they heard the invitation. They heard the call of God saying, take that step, take that step. Will you trust me? Will you take that step? And that I believe is the question that he wants to ask all of us today is that, will you take that step? Will you trust me? Will you step out of the boat? Will you let go of the boat and move towards me? And when I think about the pivotal moments in my life and the ones that come up are when I was a junior in college and for my entire life, all I dreamed about was being a doctor. And I remember it was one night that God said, that is not the path I have for you. And I want you to let go of that and I want you to move in a different way. Or even when I was 30, 
I felt like God saying, hey, you know what, career path, go in a different way from where I was going again. And I, and, he said, and I felt like he was saying, quit my job with nothing lined up and with my first child on the way or even my journey of coming to Kensington. I think of all of these moments. But what I've learned from these times is that we will never, I will never, and we will never experience the fullness of life that God has for us, his power and what it feels like to walk on water if we just simply play it safe for our entire life and we just simply stay in the boat and we just simply stick to what is comfortable, what is known, what is secure, or we just keep on holding on to that safety net, to the boat or to, the, or to those training wheels. And so what is that step for you? What is he asking you to do? Is it to step out of the boat? Or maybe for some of us, it's to let go of the boat because maybe we have stepped out of the boat and we have one foot in and one foot out, but Jesus is saying, I want you to trust me. Forget about that stuff, forget about it, but start moving towards me, start walking on water and pursue me and move towards me with total abandon. What is it for you? And my dream is, is that we as a community would be a community of courage that when Jesus invites us to do what we believe is uncomfortable, is risky, is hard, that our attitude would be the same as that of Peter. And we would say, we refuse to be left behind. We refuse to miss out. That Jesus, where you are and what you are doing is what we want to do as well. That we would be that community. What is it for you? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. So Jesus, may we be a community of courage, Lord, a, a community that courageously pursues you because we want to experience more of who you are because in you is all beauty, is all love and all life. And so Lord, show us today what that step is. And I know that for probably so many of us here and watching on stream, that during this time, Lord, that today, that you have brought up areas in our life where you are inviting us to take that step, Lord. Give us the courage to be able to do so today. We thank you, Lord, that on this journey that we are never alone, God, and we can always lean into you, that in, although it may be hard, Lord, that we're never walking this path alone. So we thank you for that, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. And so Chris is going to lead us in a song and we're gonna enter into a moment. This song, what it really talks about is it talks about the beauty that comes when we actually take this step and we follow after Jesus. And so if you are able, we, I wanna invite you to stand up and let's sing this song out together.
You know, we've seen so many stories of just victory today, and we thank you so much for being a part of that. If you want to talk to someone or you want to, if you're new and you want to take the next steps, please see us out at the hub. Also, there's a team of people that are waiting to pray with you out in the lobby as well if, you, if you'd like to do that. So go this week. Know that we are not alone. We walk through this with God. Hope to see you next week. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.